Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Roads, Roads on the, on the Air, Air podcast. podcast, where we bring the roundtable organization of abstract discussions at Millersville University to the airwaves right here on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville. Radical, renowned, real college radio. But what is Roads? This organization seeks to bring students of various faiths, backgrounds, and experiences together to engage in civil discourse, grow in their spiritual identities, learn from others of differing beliefs, and develop strong relationships through building community. But why is this important for our campus, and how do we get here on WIXQ The Ville? Rhodes wants to create a space for intersectional dialogue, a chance to freely exchange ideas, an opportunity to realize there is way more that unites us than divides us, and ultimately encourage people to go out into the world bringing that open-minded, empathetic perspective and strengthen spiritual identity with them. We are here to present ideas, not to push them, and we want to build bridges between diverse communities to ultimately promote spiritual wellness from an individual level to the community level. We want to build better roads and bridges than PennDOT ever could. So in an effort to continue that mission, Rhodes has struck up a partnership with WIXQ The Ville to take our discussions on the air and bring this content to you wherever you are, whether you're a student, parent, or community member. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schell. And I'm Jay Handy. And together we look forward to really diving into these topics throughout this semester, get to the heart of the matter on a range of ideas, bring in some special guests from our community, and maybe you'll even learn something new. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Rhodes, Rhodes on, on the, the Air. air. Welcome, everyone. Hello, hello. Good hello. morning. Good afternoon. It's afternoon now. <laughs> Welcome to our next installment of the Roads on the Air podcast. Did you miss us? Did, did you miss us? Every week, Mark's like, did you miss us? Um, no, so welcome to welcome to our newest episode. Uh, we've got a really great show planned for you today. Um, we've got a great topic. We've got a cool guest, but let's just start with introducing ourselves once again. Jay, why don't you introduce yourself for the start today? Okay, I'm Jay. Um, I wear Crocs in a winter. There period. you go. Oh, okay. Period. That's period. it. That's all we know about you. All there right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm Mark. I'm a local, and I've actually been on the Millersville. I was on the Millersville swim team uh, when I was a kid for, I would say, around maybe 2010. So, oh. yeah, I've been in the area for a bit. That's super cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm Josh Marzak. Graduated. Well, I've already said that in the past, but I graduated in 2022. Um, I volunteer at the Hub uh, a little bit, and I help out with roads. Um, what's a what's a fun fact about me? Uh, I'm not you work sure. Work for Amazon now. I do work for Amazon now. This is not a paid promotion, um, but I do work as a delivery driver for Amazon. Nor now. nor an unpaid promotion. Nor it just it it's just is. it just is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. And so, who's our guest today? Uh, it's me. Hello. Uh, my name's Driver. Uh, I am also a local uh, Millersville alum, uh, husband, local, live very close to Millersville. Um, but uh, yeah, I've um, been invited to come on and hang out with you guys, and I'm very grateful for the invite. I'm excited to get into the topic that we're getting into, and uh, I hope that we uh, have a fruitful discussion. I think, yeah. it, I think it very much will be. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Thank yeah, honestly, so it's much. great to have you here. Um, so before we get to what our topic is, uh, let's just let's just break the ice a little bit. We've got our question of the day. Our question of the day is, drum roll, please. If you could add anyone to Mount Rushmore, who would it be and why? Assuming we could fit another face on Mount Rushmore, because I think the real estate's pretty pretty crowded right now. But who would you add to Mount Rushmore? 
You start, Josh. Me? Oh, I didn't even plan an answer for this yet. I was <laughs> hoping to get inspiration from you guys. Oh, oh, oh. Um, okay. Take the L so, and find a W. If we want to go with the trend of, like, major American figure, like, mm. low-key kind of president, um, I would go with James Garfield. Mm. I chirp about James Garfield all the time. He was arguably, could have been, one of our greatest presidents ever, but he was cut short. He was assassinated only a year and a half into his presidency. But ultimately, he was someone who did not want to be president, but he was forced into the role against his will. It's really funny. There's a there's a book called Destiny of the Republic um, that talks about his story, and like there's this big, like really intriguing conspiracy in the background of like how he died because like he died right before germs were discovered um, and like he probably could have lived but his doctors were just straight up incompetent and some people think that he was actually like murdered by his doctors but that's a whole other oh, wow. conversation Whoa. no but he was he was a really Gee. good really good president did a lot of reforms and he had a lot of big plans for fixing a lot of the corruption that was happening in the 1880s um, so I would add him um, he's also got a really iconic beard um, oh my goodness! And I think he's the only president from Ohio, so it's not real. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. That's a topic for next season. Fake news. <laughs> Literally. All right. What about you guys? Mine is unrelated to American history. I think. Okay. Um, I would add Michael Jackson. Ooh. He has had so many phase of like phases of life for his music career, for his actual life. Um, and so I think that he deserves to be on there. All the transitions he went through went through. And to me, he's one of the greatest artists to ever live and walk the earth. I was so sheltered that I did not know who Michael Jackson was until the day he died. Wow. Wow. I had, I was in public school. I had no idea. Everyone was like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, who's that? You know, <laughs> it, it was an interesting day, a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, I was put on blast for that. Yeah, if you can believe it, that was 12 years ago that he died. That's it. Feel oh, yeah. No. That's it. That's not or 12 years. Was it 2012? No, no it was 2012. No, no, I was in elementary school. I was going to say... No, what I was in fifth. To... I was in sixth grade. When did Michael? He died in oh twenty boy. in two thousand nine. I oh, thought 2009. it was. I think, I think you're oh. thinking of Whitney Houston, but I might oh, be wrong. Oh, I am thinking of Whitney Houston. Hmm. Yeah, Michael Jackson died the same day as Farrah Fawcett. That I remember. Hmm. I don't know who that is. Yeah, no one knows Whitney who Farrah Fawcett is. Oh my gosh. Whitney Houston was 2012. Yeah. Okay. Whitney Houston was 2012. I thought 2012 was just the the the, the year that the world was going to end. <laughs> Was it really? Operative word was gonna. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing I remember. You don't remember that. Oh, no. The only, I feel old now. The only thing I remember about 2012 you, you, was 12, 12, 12. You that were, was the last You were so the, young that you were unaffected by the conspiracy theories and the Mayan calendar and How about everything. the movie That's 2012? So I remember Assassin's Creed 3 came out that year. Oh, my. What a game. <laughs> what a game. Mark, who would you add to Mount Rushmore? Ezio. That's what, right. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> hmm. I pro uh, I kind of like the idea of having the uh, the handsome Squidward meme on, <laughs> on the mountain. Oh, no. <laughs> the one where he has like I the super like chiseled jaw and so like if y'all ever see that meme like ah uh, yes Washington Jefferson Roosevelt Lincoln and handsome Squidward William oh, whatever his oh, name is William yeah. is someone different <laughs> what if we did that what if we put Squ Squilliam his uh, his successful cousin or something what what if we put him 
schooling fancy son on uh, on Mount Rushmore. Mm. L O L. Yep, yep, yep. Driver, what about you? Who would you put on Mount Rushmore? Um, I honestly, I draw a blank here. You know, I, I appreciate the goofiness that's come before me because it makes me feel better about my answer <laughs> of like, uh, I don't put a lot of stock in individuals. Uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to mm. quote unquote, like important people. So I don't like, uh, I don't really like think of anybody when like this comes to mind, but like, uh, who, who is, who is someone that's really well known that has had a huge impact on you? Mm. Uh, um, that's interesting I don't think anybody that's had a deep impact on my life is really well known other than Jesus Ooh. so like I was thinking about that I was like you know like as a joke earlier I was like I was thinking like the the Jesus with the the, the double finger gun mm. <laughs> <laughs> but that already exists that's why there's a picture of it you know oh. like you know that, that's but like then also you know you think there's the uh, I forget what country it is, but anywho, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, say, I would say, I think, uh, since we're putting SpongeBob up, you know, uh, then, uh, then, you know, I can, I can we... go with an, an equally serious, uh, uh, an equally serious, unserious suggestion of Jesus, you know, because yeah. the same amount of people would be upset about either handsome Squidward or, mm. or, uh, 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 Jesus's face on Mount Rushmore. You know, I think we'd, we'd draw an equal amount of ire and appreciation, you know, at well, the same time. So, to you, be know, fair, who knows, you know, to be fair, I don't think we fully know what the actual Jesus looks like. So uh, that was the, that was the other the, thing. Uh, I that's was what I thought. Of, Cause I thought of like well, something similar. I was thinking like, of, I was like, yeah, we'd definitely have to like, you know, uh, you know, but it's like, it's going to be gray no matter what. So it's like, yeah. but then like yeah. now the only way you can express, you know, skin color, hair color, you know, region, ethnicity, Mm. is through you know the chiseled features of the like your jawbone like your cheekbone structure yeah. you know the nose you know so yeah no it would be uh certainly a, a bad idea i and, and that's why i say it would be an equally bad idea as putting up you know squidward so you know handsome squidward right you know we would get an equal amount of dissension uh uh perhaps greater well on that note um to to kick off our topic today our topic is the origin of the universe Oh boy. Looking at ideas of creation and how everything began. We're starting at the very, very beginning. This is going to be a wild ride, y'all. Yeah, it's it is as Mark has said last week. Uh, we're going to need more than two hours. We, we'll, we'll see. We we'll see. We'll see if we can two. get it in in two hours. Oh, I don't think. Uh, uh, no, I agree with Mark. We're not. We're not going to be able to finish anything that we start here. But you know, if you're looking to pursue additional conversation on these things, I uh, you know we'll try and provide some resources. If to people explore. have been asking these questions and researching this stuff for like their entire lives or something or centuries, for how are we going to get years, it done in yeah. two hours? Uh, of course, right. Well, we'll at least get the process started. Absolutely. I was going to say, go. we're presenting ideas and we're planting seeds. <laughs> there you go. Only there you we're go. here to, to present ideas, not, not to, to push, push them. The <laughs> only way to start is to begin. Yeah. So, Driver, I'm actually going to field this to you. What are your first thoughts thinking about this topic? Like, when you think of the beginning, what do you, what do you first think of? And also, what do you want to get out of this conversation today? What do I want to get out of this conversation? Yeah, I want to get out of... Uh, this is a great question. Um... Let me pause on the order for that. So, um, the the thoughts, uh, the first thoughts that I have is is that this is a topic that everyone has an opinion on. A lot of people haven't thought about what exactly 
they are actually trying to say. So like, um, you know, everyone, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has often a strong opinion, but they don't even know what they want to say when they say what they say. Um, and that's kind of abstract. We're going to get into it. But um, a lot of times people have like firm beliefs. They're like, they'll usually start with belief statements. I believe this, you know, and, and then, but then it's usually a what, but not a why. For me, I think the best thing that we could get out of a discussion today is to ask more questions about why. Um, and I think we'll get a lot of valuable treasures and important things to meditate on in the future, uh, perhaps even for your whole life, of by asking more why questions instead of what and how questions. Mm. So that's my overall thoughts. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Mark, do you want to share your first thought? Well, I kind of already gave my first thought on that. It's okay. probably going to be a super wild ride or something, so you will better buckle up. But I'd say... Uh, Click. I imagine... Oh, yeah. I imagine... I mean, I there are so many different viewpoints as to how... How creation happened or how we were, you know, created or uh, maybe if we were created, like there's there's so many different conflicting, you know, and like different viewpoints and stuff. So like I kind of want to just bring to light some of the different ideas there are out there. Like I'm not trying to like I just want to like, you know, mention what I guess like different ideas there are out there because it's I don't know. Part of me thinks like maybe maybe we've got some of it wrong before and like maybe do we need to reevaluate and like you know with you know modern knowledge and stuff so it's like i'm i'm kind of interested in bringing out the different ideas and then you know hoping that the uh you know the truth will uh, reveal itself eventually yeah bouncing off of that i i definitely think there is so much here mm. there is so much here to talk about mm. like there are the how questions there are the what questions sure but yeah there's the why questions well yeah and and the how and the what i mean mark you just said you just said the big word you know and, and jay we won't skip over your opening thoughts but you just said eventually the truth will come out right hopefully <laughs> people want what is true or there is no truth and it doesn't matter <laughs> exactly how yeah. about you jay what do you jay doing? where are you at <laughs> um uh my perspective is that like as a christian i have a, a story in all caps story mm. of creation um and so yeah live laugh love <laughs> and we'll dive into that soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have our first commercial break coming up right now. And we'll be back in a couple minutes, almost two minutes. And then we're just going to start diving into an activity and our first set of questions. So stay listening here on 91.7 FM. We'll be right back after this. See you. We're back. Did you miss us? Did We're you miss back. us? <laughs> I so, sure did. <laughs> we kind of left on a cliffhanger, so let's jump off the cliff together. Oh, okay. All right. That's um, a I'm way ready to, start to go base game. jumping. Yeah. So we, we have an activity, right? And I'm going to give a shout out to Ash for this idea because Ash was the one that came up with the idea for this topic to have this activity of thanks, word Ash. association. Yeah, thanks, Ash. Shout out if you're listening. Um, but word association, right? So word association, I think this, and we'll, f we'll figure out how this connects at the very end of it. But what I'm going to have you guys do is I'm going to say a word. I'm going to start with a word and then we're going to go Mark, Jay, driver, and back to me. When you hear the word that I say, say the first word that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Do not hesitate at all. Literally just the first word, just say it. 
right? And then J, the first word that comes to mind when you hear Mark's word, okay? Got it. And it's going to go around. We'll probably take two or three loops, maybe. So it's going to be real fast. So just be prepared to listen to the person before you. Um, and so then, uh, like, we were, we say the new word. And then when we get to the end of it, we're going to compare the first word to the last word. Oh, gosh. Right? Let's and go then, for it. All right. So the first word that I'm going to give you, Mark, mm-hmm. and you need your first reaction, okay, okay is spelling. Difficult. Letters. <laughs> B. Hive. Bees. Honey. Sweet. Heart. Organ. Soul. Uh, mind. Body. Temporary? Physical. Uh, spiritual. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) I think what happened was... We went to a lot of... At yeah. first, we went to comparisons, and then we went to antitheses, yeah. where each of us said the opposite of the next thing. But what were our first and last words? Yeah, so the first word was spelling, and the last word was spiritual. Oh. How did we get here? How did we get here? Wow. I blame Mark, because think, yeah. he heard a word, and he went... Let me think about it for a second. You took a whole three seconds every single time. No, it wasn't that bad. He thought about it, but I appreciate the thoughtfulness. Uh, So I'm going to just be completely unrelated. I think we should run that one more time because I think I think you were going off of my word instead of his word. It sounded Mm. like I did. I definitely did. You went off of my word. I was still thinking about spelling and then they went boom, boom. And I went, but letters are difficult when you're spelling something. Yes, but don't think about spelling your own. Only supposed to think about the word that precedes you. Yeah, but Uh, you said difficult. All right, let's run it back. Let's run it back. All right, one more time. Just think about the word that you hear from the person preceding you. All right. First word is sky. Blue. High. Uh, Elevation. Worship. Holy. God. Love. Valentine's Day. Secular. Religion. Uh, I actually don't have a first thought that comes to my mind. Uh, I don't know. I just blanked. Blank. I changed my <laughs> it's, it's too big of a thought yeah, that I didn't have okay. a first reaction. I'll take it back. Okay, we'll go back. I Reverse. take it back. No, it's I'm going to take my no, back no, no. and say uh, commercial. 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 Yep, there you go. Commercial. That's it. Break. Why did you say secular? It was co- commercial, commercial break. Uh... Uh, uh, like broken uh. pottery, hard. What did you say? Hard, like pottery's hard. I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. All right. Well, we'll call it there. Here we are. So <laughs> sorry, Josh. We, was, it we got difficult. to. We kept getting back to difficult and hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So difficult. Hard, comparing spiritual. the first word, which was sky, sky, and then we ended up in pottery and hard. Um, so basically the point of this, right, is there was an origin point to this series. Wow. And then you look at how time passed with each person's new word and things shifted. Things Mm -hmm. evolved through that conversation. We have wildly different opinions about what the goal of the assignment was underlaying all of that. 
And even though there was no given goal, you didn't tell us that we needed to arrive at a specific location, but each one of us was like, we're mm. trying to get somewhere. And so we like twisted it in a certain mm -hmm. direction, which was mm. fun because that you never said, hey, we're going to try and get somewhere. But as your participants, I could feel it off of each one of us. We're like, we're going somewhere. We're trying to get to like a specific location. But we were never told to go anywhere. But here we are, and we're trying to, you know, get get all this depth and meaning out of the activity because we're just eager to talk about good, good, rich conversation. So Driver is just living rent-free in my head right now because that was exactly one of the themes um, that is highlighted in a game like this is that we as people are always trying to get somewhere, right? It's just kind of in our nature a little bit. Mm. Um, and then when we talk about creation, when we talk about the origin of everything, right, that metaphor kind of extends to this a little bit, at least in my opinion, right? The world, and we'll kick this off with the questions in a second, right? How did the universe get its start? Was it intelligently designed or was it spontaneously formed? Was there a creator or not a creator? Um, and uh, maybe maybe there was a mixture of both. How old is reality? Is there any evidence to look toward? Right, those are the questions we'll try and answer right now. But just like wrapping up this metaphor, I think there was a start, right? There was a point of beginning. And then now we're to today, right? We are many, many, many years after that start. And things have happened and changed and evolved over time through that process. So I will I will field to all of you guys how did the universe get its start? Tell us. In the beginning. The, yep. Yep. In the beginning. In, in the beginning. They, they got that's it. it. That's how it started. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, I would, I would argue. Well, uh, let's 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 start by this. Okay, so maybe these words, intelligently designed, spontaneously mm. formed. Maybe these are sure. big words. Maybe we should start at the beginning. What do those words mean? What does intelligent design mean? Sure. It's, it's like when I'd say if you as a person are trying to make something, you're putting like thought into it or like you're, uh, you know, I guess sort of what you're doing and you're guiding it. So that's intelligent design. But what was the other one? Spontaneous. Spontaneously formed. Oh yeah. That's like, it's, there's no, there's no like shaping or like, you know, uh, in, um, what would you call it? Like intelligence, intelligence maybe? There's, it, no there's intelligence like no intelligence behind it. It intention. just happens. Sure. It just happens. It just like happens. Nothing it, guiding yeah. it. Yeah. It just happens as it does. Sure. Yeah, I, when I think of intelligent design, I think of things like pottery. I think of art. I think of great artists, mm -hmm. right? Van Gogh, Starry Night. Uh, I'm going to call back to that particular piece later, but like there's a... There's a like uh, an intent behind it. It's mm -hmm. like, well, why did you make everything blurry? There's purpose. There's pur like the artist had an intent and a vehicle, and then, and then they did something. And then when you look at that, you don't go, "Wow!" <laughs> and they this just is here. Yeah, like you, they ex you, they exercise their influence sure, over it. You recognize an artist, right? And you know that's kind of the grand argument is that like when you look at nature, when you look at um, you know plant life, or when you look at things that move on the earth, and you go, "They're just here," you know. Uh, like here they are, right? But yet there's also, uh, you know, an internal wondering of like, what? How? How could you possibly just be here? You know, like you you ask. You know, it's so ridiculous sometimes that you like you ask yourself like, how? Like how did like cephalids can freaking 
like camouflage and copy patterns. Like, like, like when when I say cephalids, I mean there's like little octopus family mm-hmm. creatures. I don't know if you don't know cephalids, go look it up. But like, there's little squids that can like copy the thing that's underneath them. Mm. And you're like, like wow. I'm sitting on a couch right now, and Mark, you're <laughs> looking at me. All right, look at me. Watch me try to match the pattern of the couch that I'm sitting on. Oh my am gosh! Do- you just disappeared. <laughs> am I doing a good Driver's job? Driver's gone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look at look at my arm. It, like, like, look. It's still white. Like, you know, like, 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 I'm just, I'm just sitting here. Like, I can't match the, this brown weird pattern of this couch that's here. Right. There's an, there's an animal out there that can do that. And so, you know, I think that why this discussion, you know, comes up is we see things and we go, how is it possible that you can just do that? Like, how do you do that? (laughs) I think, like, even looking out of, like, humans, like, looking at insects and looking at, like, animals every animal has a purpose and every insect has a purpose i hate spiders but they serve a purpose like they're here for a reason i don't like skunks but Mm. they are here for a reason like even looking outside of like human like creation right but like the creation of insects and things like that i don't see how there could be some some spontaneous formation of that system right yeah, they play the part of the of ecosystem like, right and but, the food chain right but like in the sense of like do you need these these insects to basically do the same thing except there are minor tweaks within them right oh uh, i see what you're saying and so i feel like there's mm-hmm. some diligence and intention behind that interesting so i'm oh, gonna why? i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out an idea right sure. so Spontaneity is something that happens spur of the moment, right? Spontaneous. It no previous thought, no premeditation. No, no premeditation, right? I would say there is a measure of spontaneity in creation. So hear me out, right? And spontaneity is not an idea that necessarily is is detached from creating. Of course. If you think of an artist, right? Think of an artist who does, like, splatter painting, right? Um, where they take, like, the paint and they do, like, they throw it on the canvas. But, like, they intentionally throw it on the canvas. Mm. And I'm not necessarily saying, like... You know, when you connect this to the larger narrative, like God is this painter, and he's like, I don't know where this is going to end up. Hmm. He does kind of know where, he, well, no, not kind of, he does know where it's going to end up, right? But there is a level of spontaneity where the creative process is a very live process, right? I'm sure. Um, well, and also you've done something that, you know, already you, you brought up a, a word, you used the G word, right? So you, you've introduced God as the proposed author of, correct. of a, yes. of an intentionally designed world, right? Yes. God so, intended to create. Right. So and and he is a creative being, right? Sure. He is a very creative being. He's very brilliant, very intelligent, sure. right? And he created everything, but there is not, but, and there is a level of spontaneity and creation so, as well. Is there though, like, is there really such a thing as spont, or is, is there really anything out there that is spontaneous, or is spontane- spontaneity like, is that really such a thing, or is everything done for even a slight purpose? Well, I didn't necessarily say that spontaneity lacks purpose. Right. Right. Correct. There can be purpose. Like, I spontaneously took a trip to Niagara Falls, but there was with my roommate a couple years ago, and we decided this like in a single day. Like, we're just going to go on a whim. Like, we're just going to go to Niagara Falls. But even though that was a very spontaneous choice, and we like 
whip something up really quick to go to Niagara Falls. There was still a purpose because, oh, this is going to be a fun thing, right? Let's just go have this fun trip and, like, go do this. So there was spontaneity as well as intelligent thought behind that decision. I don't know if Does that make any sense? If there's a... Well, if there's a purpose that made you decide to do something, I don't think it could be called spontaneity. I mean, maybe more just, like... I don't know, this is confusing. I feel like, I feel like what, like, the biggest difference is, is, like, spontaneity is literally the without premeditation, and then the 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 thought comes afterwards, right? Oh, Versus yeah. the other way. Go ahead. Go I ahead, have a, No, I have a question for you on that point. I have a question for you. So we start at the beginning, and Driver, I'm going to have you go mm-hmm. through this in a couple seconds, like, okay. just walk us through what Genesis says from a Christian perspective of the creation narrative, just real quick. It doesn't have to be super in-depth. But, like, we don't really have anything before. Like, we have a couple sentences of before everything started, but we don't know how long God took to plan all of this. We just know when it started. We just know that God said, let there be light, and boom, it was. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like he's there and then just... Maybe like, the boom. very, very beginning sure. was spontaneous. Well, let's also, let's also, before we get into that, let's also quick kind of just acknowledge what's happening here, right? You know, we, we propose the question, is it spontaneous? Is it intelligently designed? It seems like there's very quickly a consensus in this room with these people here that, you know, we're all of the understanding that there is an intelligent creator is yeah. that is that something that we seem to be converging on agreeance on that yeah. absolutely intelligent design is somewhere in the mix here there might be a is argument that, that there's like a mix of maybe spontaneity or something oh, yeah. or like a yes. mix of like you know randomness but either way like i would say it's either either a mix of both intelligent design or it's fully intelligent but either way intelligence is there yeah, yeah. no one thing i do want to point out is and and this is a topic that we might just like drop this particular topic but like i do want to kind of like the opposite of that would be not just spontaneous creation but like self-creation where like the universe creates itself yes that it it is its own beginning uh and i believe that's creationist philosophy uh, yeah there there are a few uh places out there that believe that out of chaos and nothing and nothingness Uh, right something came Something that created itself, and then that thing became God and created everything else. Yes. Hmm. Now, but, I would say that uniquely, well, not uniquely, but the the Christian faith uh, does not believe that the God existed uh, from the nothingness yeah. and then created. He created from the nothingness. He right. was in the space already, meaning that he was present. So that's get... a distinction that the that the Christian faith, or I would say yeah. that the Jewish authors of the Bible, uh, the Hebrew authors, they wanted to make that distinction on purpose. Because how that, do you get something from nothing if you know it wasn't already sure. like if it wasn't purposely made into mm-hmm. exist? Like it, I mean, from my from our from my standpoint anyway, like Western you know Christian standpoint, it doesn't really make sense. Like how can you get something from nothing without having you know, an intelligent behind or, a, or intelligent, sure. intelligence, you know, purposefully making that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, like creating something from nothing, but without intelligence doing it, 
I, I don't, I, I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense. Hmm. Okay, so can you take us through Genesis a little sure. bit? Sure. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll try to give, it's very difficult to give an overview of this, but uh, I am going to, I am just going to say, I'm reading an ancient text. This oh, text yeah. is very yes. old. Ancient text. Ancient text written by ancient authors. Mm. And when we use that word ancient, we literally mean like historically, this is the correct historical term yeah. to refer to this time period, ancient. Um, so it is deep within the history of the world. Uh, and they have a certain understanding of uh, themselves, their culture, the people, their neighbors, etc. We'll take a look at that later, but I'm going to be reading from an, uh, an ancient cosmology. So cosmology being, you know, how they see the world uh, coming to being. And they also are, are going to ask some questions, but very subtly. So they're going to do a lot of t- telling. So um, this is a, a brief account of uh, the, the creation of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, uh, or the sky and the land. Uh, the earth was without form and void. It's interesting that it says the earth again there, and the darkness was over the face of the deep. The spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, And God said, let there be light. And there was light. He saw that the light was good, separated, and God separated the light from the darkness. He called the night day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. It goes on like this in a pattern, and I'm going to begin to skip a few words here, just because I don't think we'll be able to get word for word uh, into this account. Uh, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, in the middle of the waters. Let it separate the waters from the waters. Uh, Other translations say from the waters below, from the waters above. Yes. Uh, God made the expanse. I'm reading from the ESC for those of you who are curious and like uh, Bible nerd stuff. Uh, It's a very solid translation. Um, And... um, he separated the waters from, that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the... Oh, it does say it. Okay. okay. And it was so. All right. Uh, yeah. We'll speed things up here. So uh, there's a pattern here where he splits the he splits the, the skies, and then he puts the waters. He gathers the land. And so you have a pattern of light, water, earth. Uh, and then he begins creating in those things. Uh, and he begins creating... Uh, in and the uh, in in that same pattern, so uh, things come. The earth grows vegetation, plants, and fruit trees, and then well, we have uh, that there be lights that populate in the heavens, and then uh, there are uh, things that begin to come apart, uh, come apart of the waters and the earth and the air. So let the waters swarm, let the creatures, let the birds fly, and so so on and so forth. Um, there's a there's a lot of detail in the story, and we're not going to have the time to cover all of it. We're going to generally use this framework that there's six six days, there's patterns of three here, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. Day one and day four are linked, two and and five, and three and six. We can come back to that, but the accumulation, the, the author points to that the grand climax of this moment is when God creates humans. And so he says, God says, let us make man in our image. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing. He creates man in his image. And so that's kind of the climax of the story as a summary. But if we reference this story, there's a lot of detail in here. A lot of people skip over or misunderstand. And maybe we'll be able to clear up some of those things. But we'll have to get into that in the future. Yeah, we're up against a commercial, but we'll be back right after this to keep diving into this idea and go into our next set of questions. This topic is really deep, so we'll be back after this. 
Hi, I'm Jacob Marino, the director of The Hub at Millersville University. And I'm Vicki Weber, the assistant director. So what is The Hub? Some of you may know or have been to one of its free meals or events, but for those of you who don't know, The Hub is an independent nonprofit mission partnered with Millersville University that serves students in many ways, but ultimately is a space for mind, body, heart, and soul. The Hub offers a variety of spaces to study, meet new people, hang out, play board games and video games, or grab a quick cup of coffee to go. In addition, there are free meals hosted there throughout the week, like free lunches held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday, French Toast Friday from 9 p.m. to midnight, and a few other opportunities throughout the week you should definitely keep an eye out for. The other main support measure for students in need is the Campus Cupboard, a self-service food pantry for students experiencing food insecurity of any kind. Food insecurity is a real threat on college campuses, and a survey conducted in 2019 showed that almost one-third of college students are food insecure or near food insecure. The Hub and its Campus Cupboard seek to fight against that statistic by providing non-perishable food, fresh produce, and even basic hygiene products that are free to all current Millersville University students. We also have a variety of other services such as professional clothing available for internships and interviews, a crisis fund for students experiencing significant emergencies, and an awesome opportunity for volunteer service hours and federal work-study positions as well. So if you ever want to check out The Hub, we're open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the A-Frame building on George Street. You can also connect with us on social media at hub at MU. Come see for yourself and experience how we continue our mission of loving students, meeting needs, and building community on this campus. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are quickly discovering there is so much that we have to cover today. But for this for this segment, we've got some questions about the scientific realms of thought Mm. on this conversation. Sure, There are some big issues, some big issues. Right. Because you you can look at this literally like when you were going through Genesis just a couple minutes ago. Driver, Many many people do. And many people do. They look at it from, oh, the earth is only 6000 years old or 10,000 years old or whichever number that is communally accepted in that uh, young. Earth community, the YEC, um, or the old Earth community, which talks about the Earth being billions of years old and the universe being older still than that. There you go. There you um, go. I would I would start this block with a quote from Galileo. Right, if we're gonna talk about. Uh, the scientific claims about cosmology, the principles of physics, space, time. Can scientific theories coexist with religious claims about the creation of the world? Those are the questions we're going to look at in this block. But the quote from Galileo that I found was kind of interesting. He was talking about um, cosmic geometry, right? So philosophy is written in this grand book, the universe, which stands continually open to our gaze. But the book cannot be understood unless one first learns to comprehend the language and read the letters in which it is composed. It is written in the language of mathematics, and its characters are triangles, circles, and other geometric figures without which it is humanly impossible to understand a single word of it. Without these, one wanders about in a dark labyrinth. Wow. Yeah. Love that. So Galileo was talking about how this this sacred geometry that makes up the fabric of the universe, right? All these triangles and circles, the golden ratio. Like I'm just kind of dropping some terms that we're I'm not really like gonna... N64 graphics right now. <laughs> Polyhedrals, you know. Uh... But yeah, like everywhere you look, right? And I'm I'm a science nerd, so this is like the block <laughs> that I get to kind of nerd out a little bit. But like. Every everywhere you look in the universe, there is geometry. There's spheres, like planets and stars are spheres because spheres are formed by gravity. And you have the interactions of orbits and trajectories and laws of physics. 
All of these things come together to form order out of the chaos that the universe naturally wants to devolve into, right? And so if you combine the ideas earlier of like, yes, there was intelligent design, and yes, there was a creator, right? He, I believe from my perspective, he created the laws of physics. God created the laws of physics for his creation to abide by a natural order, mm. right? That he brought the order out of the chaos, and later we'll cover why there's parallels with other philosophies that believe chaos was also the start of everything. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that God gave us an intellect when he created us to understand science. He gave us the ability to learn and observe to things. observe things and to have intelligence ourselves to understand his creation. Because honestly, that's what every artist wants for people who see their creations. They want people to understand how they created it, why they created it, what the meaning is. Um, Jay, unless, you just, unless you just want to tape a banana to a wall and make some money. No, no, then, we're not doing that. No, no, that has not. depth. That has meaning. You don't understand. Stop. That artist meant something when they did that. No, thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Jay. I'll push back. Some people don't believe that. Some people think that, like, you know, the Earth, you know, it just... It was created last Thursday, you know? Oh, gosh. What does last Thursday mean, last Jay? Last Thursday is... Okay, the base of it... The short answer is that the, the world was created last Thursday. The long answer is that the world was created last Thursday, and, like, our reality, our memories, our recollections of things that happened in the past are memories that were created when creation happened, which was last Thursday. This is last Thursday, isn't all? It is something that you can say is untrue but you cannot prove that it is false this is an unfalsifiable theory which because technically oh well i remember something that happened 12 years ago but well maybe your memory happened last thursday it was created last thursday when reality and the world was created oh it's such an irritating so <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I don't actually uh, have a lot of familiarity or understanding with this. Um, we don't have to take a ton of time to like explain the defensible position of last Thursdayism. But am I, if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is, is that along with creation, we're given memories at the start of creation, mm -hmm. of before creation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, but... So if you say, I have a memory of before, they're saying, no, that memory was given to you. In a previous, right? yes. so but last you. last Thursdayism also dictates uh, an intentional thought behind it, doesn't it? Yes, that that, mm. that they're creating an entire narrative and history and evidence for history inside of every memory. So, does last Thursdayism acknowledge a creator or no? Because I'm I'm curious. Well, about yeah, that. last Thursdayism does recognize that creation happened, cre a creator created. Okay, and that creator, but it, is, and then it, was it did not happen and when we think it did. Favorite day is April Fools because they just think it's funny to continually <laughs> prank people <laughs> by infinitely recreating the universe. Is that what this is? Yeah. Oh God! Am I understanding this correctly? Yes. yes. So why Thursday? Why not last Wednesday? So it is okay. So it says <laughs> alternately known. I googled it because that was just my recollection you, of what it is. There's a whole Wikipedia but page on this. Oh I did, I'm not using the. Mm, we're not using Wiki. Don't but worry about it. Anyway, um, it says also alternately known as last Tuesdayism and last Wednesdayism. So not Friday. <laughs> go, or so not Monday Friday or Monday or the or weekend. Or Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> 
Exclusively Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nice. Well, okay. Before I have a complete existential crisis thinking about that, um, I, I, yeah, I would say... Let's get back to yeah. physics and space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> physics and space, the cool stuff, right? Um, like Science. Everyone has heard about the Big Bang, okay? Everyone's heard about, like, in their science classes, that Sheldon. a lot of scientists Ooh. believe that the universe started from a single point, a singularity of everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, shout out well, to the movie. Everything was nowhere. Right? Yeah, everything was nowhere. And there was no when. There was no when. Oh, what is gosh. where? <laughs> it's the beginning what of, is the where? What is where? of the history of the entire world, I guess. <laughs> well, he's quoting, like, actual thought, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, but it's like, like, there wasn't a when. That single point, and then, boom, just it just happened all at once, right? Boom, that's the Big Bang. And, like, scientists believe that there was a period of time, I think it's like 250 to 300 million years or so, of the very, very beginning, where everything was so hot and so, like, toxic soup of, like, everything was so hot and everything was all close together. There wasn't even atoms yet. We had barely formed, like, particles. It was just all light, right? It was white hot. Everything is just completely dense light. And so I... If we're following this narrative with Genesis, too, and this is why I'm going to make the argument that scientific theories can coexist, especially with the Christian narrative, um, that there was God saying, let there be light, and there was light. Boom, that's the Big Bang. And then there was light, and then there was just light for a period of time. And then God continued the process of creation, right? And so I I would actually speak from my own perspective that I don't think that we should take the Genesis like narrative literally. I don't know if it was At six literal days. Mm-hmm. I think it was a period of time. When you say literal, like, like a 24-hour period on Earth, mm-hmm. right? Like this is a single day, 24 hours. Because how so can, how as can the it, Earth rotated around the sun, yes, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right. That's how we measure a day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sun wouldn't have been created then on the first day, would it? Yeah, the sun wasn't there yet. So well, then how it can says, it be a 24-hour? It, it says the first day at the end of the creating of the light. Yeah. But regardless, exactly. Right, you know, they the, said light, not sun. So correct. how could there be twenty-four hours in a day if there is no sun to give off daylight? Oh, perfect. And how could there be, uh, you know, how could there be? Uh, um, yeah, there's all sorts of issues with, with yeah. all of this, you know. But but that, that's also then and lies. It's very easy to you know kind of like deconstruct mm-hmm. the literal sense of the order of this of like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll pause. I'll throw that back to you. I'll I'll, I'll 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 bring that up later. But like, there's definitely some some like issues here where it's like, right, the day. What are they actually saying at the end when they repeat? And then there was morning, and then there was night, and then it was evening, and then there was morning. You know, and thus was the first day. And they're like, they're time markers, right? It's like they mark this time. And they make this structure of six days with the seventh day, and there's like an intentional climax towards like the creation of of humanity so it's like clearly like there's some kind of intent the author and yes i'm going to say the author because somebody wrote genesis i'm just going to remind people that every creation story has a author whether it be communal or singular 
mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, like know. over the time or something? Well, communal means a group of people. Yeah. They're communal, right? If a group of people have a story about how everything is, and they pass that story on over time, or perhaps they agree on it over time, you know? Uh, so, so there's there's an authorship to every story. Maybe it changes. Ag- well, agree or disagree. Every story has an uh, has authorship, yes? Yep. Yes. Mm. To an, uh, the form of authorship is different. I'm just going to say that. The oh, form. for sure. That's yeah. what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, like, there is some form of authorship to every story. Otherwise, it's like stories don't exist without it. Man, if they did, Hollywood, mm, they would love that. If stories <laughs> just could be found naturally in the wild. Mm-hmm. They could just pluck them right off of the tree and print them into media. Oh, my gosh. Or, is that the public domain? Wow. Uh, <laughs> or think about it this way. What if people come up with certain parts of a story and then just over time, these different parts like get compiled together? Like like the Bible, like different people wrote books of the Bible. But then over time, you know, like these different books, you know, got compiled together into what we know now as the Bible, which is sure. made of different books. Yes, it is. There's there's another concept that scientists talk about called the anthropic principle, which is the principle that this universe is acutely and finely tuned to support life, right? For some ooh, reason, ooh, everything okay. in the universe at this point in history, maybe not a few billion years ago, but right now, it is uniquely like good to support life. It's like the perfect scenario. People say that like a few billion years ago, the universe would not have been able to support life because not all the elements were there yet or it was too chaotic. (laughs) There was too hot. Yeah. Like the universe has cooled down. The universe has expanded over time. It's gotten a lot bigger and spaced out. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to be able to support life for very long. If you have galaxies constantly crashing into each other and all of these things, it was a very chaotic time. We got the ozone beginning. Well, y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the different parts come together to support life. Yes. Essentially. And so, like, that principle, um, I also feel points to someone making sure that life can exist and putting the pieces together to make sure that life exists in a process. I, I genuinely believe that creation is a process. Yeah. Um, and from the beginning to now, God used all of these steps right to um and then i'm also going to talk about a little bit of evolution right everyone's like "Ooh, mm-hmm. evolution it's a scary well, word but some people don't find you know, it scary at all some people don't find it scary at all and then other yeah, people yeah. are like violently allergic to it yeah. but i i genuinely believe that evolution exists right it exists we see it in the animal world we see it in the natural world with plants and, and various adaptations the study of genetics it exists so going back to the, um, the question you think it's compa- you think science is compatible with creation i do the bible i do because like I and this is something I've kind of pieced together like kind of what you were just saying like mm-hmm. piecing together pieces of the yeah. stories it that comes other together are like saying. it's a process um, like I, I think evolution happened right God used evolution as his tool in his toolbox he has many many tools in creation like a potter has tools that they use to make pots and clay and things like that mm-hmm. um, I I think that was one of the tools where he had evolved creatures over time and like we have compatible species um like we're homo sapiens right but there was also the neanderthals and then there was homo erectus and homo habilis and all of these things homo habilis and like (laughs) there's several very closely related species to ours but they're not here right now um but i think god was kind of watching this right as it was happening this process and he saw homo sapiens and he's like that one I want that one. And that is when he 
like breathed life. What was the what's the why, word? Why do, why do you get the idea that he wants? Well, where does so that come from? He wants the, people to worship. And we're gonna well, yeah. we're gonna talk about the purpose of creation. We're gonna talk about the purpose of creation. Like, why did God create? Sure. And he things. wants to share his love. Um, I mean, God is love. I right? have a That's question a whole for you. Yes. Are you saying that evolution, you know, happened, and God kind of picked Homo sapiens from? a phase or a part of the process of evolution versus Mm -hmm. God creating an evolution, making it make sense to us in today's world. Basically it's, it's describing that he was forming, he was evolving. He was watching this happen. Like uh, kind of, I would say relatively actively, like he was, he was using that process and then it got to a point in the process where he's like, all right, this creation is sufficient now. This creation is where I want it to be, right? Like forming it in our image, right? That's one of the phrases in Genesis. Like, let's make man in our own image, right? And <laughs> getting a glance from Driver. Um, but so, like, now Homo sapiens have gotten to the point where, okay, in God's image. Let's give them a soul. Let's breathe life into it. What's the word? Thank you driver, for clarifying the, the, the ruach. The ruach. The ruach of God. Okay. Mm. The like is that the breath? The the, the, the breath. The wind. The, the breath, spirit. The wind. The spirit. Ruach is the same thing that hovered over the waters, mm. um, the chaos mm-hmm. waters. Yes. Um, uh, actually. There's, uh, yeah, so I, I read it earlier, but um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, about uh, that earlier. But yeah, the spirit of God hovered over the Mayim, which were the waters. Mm-hmm. But the God, um, the, uh, there was, um, give me a second. Uh, uh, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the abyss or the deep or tahom, which is the Hebrew word. And the spirit of God, the ruach of God, was hovering over the face of the mayim. So waters and deep, they're two, they're right next to each other. And basically it says, the verse says the same thing twice. And then later we see that, that same being or that same spirit, wind, presence, uh, breathes in itself into a created being, right? Um, but we don't actually see God breathe life into them until Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. So even there, there's this weird thing. You're like, wait a minute. When did he do that in that story? He uh, didn't. He didn't. So he didn't do the breath of life no. in, in Genesis 1. It wasn't until he made Adam like Mm-mm. in Genesis 2 that he did the breath yeah, of life. Yeah, let's go. He just said, let's make, us, make them in their image. He made them. He created them, male and female. He created them, blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the dominion. He's given them rights. He's given them all sorts of things. So he, he never them. talks about he never talks about giving of his spirit until the next chapter. And so civilization. So we'll we'll return to the pre-Adamite civilization idea right after this commercial. So just before that break, we were talking about the scientific claims related to creation. Um, I was kind of presenting a few theories that I've had over the years of like how science is not necessarily incongruent to uh, a Christian school of thought. Um, and w- you used a really big word just before the break. What was what was that phrase, Mark? Pre-Adamite civilization. And so that actually, like, kind of f- leads into the idea, like, in Genesis, when we're talking about, like, Cain getting 
Ooh. a wife, right? Ooh, for those of you who Ooh, are... Cool. And yeah. first off, first off, hold on. Even this very concept, this is like an entire subdivision of a subdivision of a subdivision of a theology class. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. like, you know, let's let's keep it light here. Let's try and make it really understandable. Because a lot of these stories assume a high level of familiarity. We can't mm-hmm. assume yeah, that for true, the audience. True, you know, let's true. just be careful here. Shall I explain it? What pre-Adamite civilization sure. or what the theory is? Give, sure. give, give, it, very the, give it in a very, like, yes. give it in a clear... So, Talk to us like way. we're five. Okay, yeah. so uh, traditionally, people of the Christian faith believe that um, God created two people, only two people in the whole world, just two people, Adam and Eve, and then um, eventually they ended up having kids and filling the earth, and we are all the the descendants of Adam and Eve. But there is this theory. That actually has, I think, like some scriptural basis that Adam and Eve were not the first people. They were the first unique people set aside, but that there were other people or human or homo or something, something outside of where they lived, which ex- which may explain how their descendants were able to multiply by... Um, Scootily pooping with people that did not live where they lived, <laughs> and they had kids, and that's how the earth was filled. So, and I think what this does is speaks to the not just I don't want to say the creation story, but it speaks to the importance of Adam, and it speaks to the importance of the creation story leading to Adam being I being the first human created in the bible i feel like this is this is speaking to god's chosen people right it's speaking to and we talked about it a little bit earlier like this is introducing us to the character of god um and how and how he he didn't just go and like i'm gonna pick one person from the existing people i'm going to create a lineage this exactly. is exactly this sets mm. the stage for the rest of the Bible, the Jewish nation, Jesus, right. like all the the Israelites, like all of the they're the descendants that, of Adam. Yeah, all of the prophets that came and said that these things will happen in the future. This is the reason why the New Testament makes sense. So this is like the zoomed so, in version. So of it. this is a conversation of credibility of the rest of the story, right? Well, you know, why should we trust the rest of the story if there's this issue or this issue? And so there's discussion about, well, hold on, that maybe that's not an issue. Maybe there is a different way that it's happening that still allows the rest of the story to be credible and have foundation to stand on and point to something worth discussing yes. and talking about. We're in remember, the state of we are, remember, we're reading an ancient text, yeah. so why should we care about what they thought? They're, they're dead and gone. And right? we're reading it in the you know, mindset of our modern, or we're reading in our modern mindset, but they could have read in a totally different mindset right. with like maybe yeah. presumptions that like aren't even close to what we would you know you know uh, generally sure. consider as fact. Yeah. And, and there's also phrases and um, uh, there's all sorts of little um, you know discussions and and uh, uh, there's words we use that are cultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's phrases we use that are cultural, and so some of these things are actual cultural phrases that are intentionally carved some of these sentences are carved in a specific way that are meant to be understood in a certain thing and we read them now we don't have that culture we don't have that perspective we don't have that context and i want to say that when i say that excuse me 
don't go in alone on that idea and be like, ah, I'm going to figure all this out. There are lots of people who study this culture and this ancient perspective and have great discussions with each other about what the authors might be saying. So definitely there's some great resources out there um, that are really, really helpful for um, you know exploring these topics. Um, I'm not sure. If I'm, am I allowed to share resources like books, podcasts, authors, or is that so long as they're not yours? They're not mine, and okay, you're not cool. like receiving yeah. any paid promotion. Sure, like, yeah, no, yeah, I don't no. get paid. These are just cool people. I, I would say things later. I, w- I would say like kind of pivoting from science. Like we've presented a lot of theories on the scientific Hardly. realm. <laughs> well, we, we've definitely we, we we opened a box, but we, we never really got yeah. to like finish the box. But I think pivoting just a little bit about that. Like, there's other accounts of different faiths about the origin of the world, right? There's the Greek pantheon story of chaos and the titans and the gods. And then there's like the Hindus and then we have the Native Americans and then we have the Christians and the Jewish people and the Muslim people, right? There's a lot of different accounts, but... I, something that we learned when we did the in-person version of this discussion this year was we had a Kahoot where we learned about the different accounts. And we noticed that some of them, they may use different names or different mm. characters, but there is a bit of intersecting with some of the stories. Like, there's, they're describing very similar events. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to throw this to, to Driver. Um, I know you have a bit of a little bit of knowledge and expertise on a few ancient cultures and oh. their stories of creation. Just a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say expert. Uh, I, I don't believe I'm an expert in anything, but uh, I would. I would definitely say I have some thoughts to share, um, and I would say I would say where I'm getting some of these thoughts are from. Uh, people who really enjoy digging into um, we call them nerds um, they really enjoy digging through the dirt uh, looking these are archaeologists paleontologists these are people who are like looking through ancient cultures and civilizations trying to understand them trying to dig up things and so um, there are two stories that I find that are often untold that um, these are other ancient cosmology stories, not modern cosmology stories, that really give relevance uh, to uh, the creation story that I personally subscribe to, which is the Genesis 1 and 2 narrative, because there's actually two creation stories in the Bible. And they're right next to each other, and they're the beginning. And they're the beginning for a reason, because a story is meant to communicate to the listener. And so when we say, I like to call them the creation narrative, right? Because it's a narrative. It is a a speaking of. So I want to share a couple of Near Eastern cultures um, that had these other ideas of how the world was formed. Um, I'm going to share just one, and I'm going to share it in brief. And all this information you can find pretty easily just by kind of Googling and looking at this information. And you can also, of course, do a high level of of information on this. But generally, the summaries do a good job. Like if you look up a summary of Genesis 1, you're going to get the rough story. If you look up a summary of the story I'm about to give you, which is Babylon cosmology um, or Babylonian cosmology, they rose out of the Sumerian Empire, um, to to my understanding, um, and uh, they came up out of that culture, and they have a narrative of how everything happened, and they have a reason for why they're 
There's a clear, like if you look at their story, there's a clear reason for why they're telling the story. So I want to give that one as an example and then encourage us to start looking at these stories and looking for reasons and whys. We probably won't have time to go over the Genesis narrative again. We just won't. You're going to have to do it on your own, and I'll give you some resources to explore it. Two hours isn't enough. Yes, absolutely. So uh, join me, if you will, uh, a a bridged, a brief version of Babylonian uh, cosmology. So um, I wish I I had some resources prepared, uh, but my phone actually has no internet here. So I actually, uh, I'm unable to access some of the documents that I had prepped uh, earlier, but I'm going to do my very best off of memory. Uh, If I make any mistakes, um, feel free to let us know or come talk to me and say, hey, you, you, you messed this up. And I'll be like, hey, you're right, probably. Um, but let's so take it take it with a grain of salt. Uh, come with me. We're going to tell a story. So these Near Eastern cultures, they live on a floodplain. Um, let's just start with that. So this, uh, this is the region east of the Mediterranean. Uh, this is when you picture a map of this region. Uh, think Egypt, Israel, um, kind of that curving arc around and you have some countries that live here in this ancient time period um the or canaanite civilizations is a perhaps a slightly later time period but you had um the biblical authors the people who wrote this little section of genesis um they had a unique perspective of their neighbors and their neighbors are their main neighbors that they were interested in talking with and communicating with were egypt and um, Babylon at the time of this kind of recording of when when Genesis was written, uh, or at least when we believe Genesis was written, to the best of our understanding and knowledge, they wanted to have a dialogue with their neighbors. So I'm going to give you a story that their neighbors tell. Um, and so basically, um, Babylon says, okay, um, there is uh, there is this great god, right? This is Sumeria's um, um, uh, kind of narrative, is that um, there's this head god, and... Um, uh, he, he created um, a right-hand god and a left-hand god. I'm not going to use their names because uh, my memory's a little fuzzy and I don't want to get their names wrong. But uh, there's a right-hand and a left-hand god. He created them immediately to assist him. And then he asked the two that to assist him also, one has a domain over the sky and one has a domain over the earth. Sound familiar? Uh, then there is a, uh, a bit of a... Uh, they immediately create a caste system of noble gods and lesser gods um and the lesser gods serve the noble gods and what i mean by that is they run the universe so the 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 role of these lower caste gods is that they do everything they provide food they make sure everything in the world works sounds like humans um sure yeah and we'll get there in a second basically these lower god and the gods are called the anunnaki um and so these lower gods they form the the world's first recorded um, uh, worker strike. They they go on strike and they say, "Hey!" And they go to this head god and they say, "Hey, we have an issue. All we do all day is work for you, and you we don't see you doing anything. And we serve you. We give you food. We make the whole world run. And there's we don't like it anymore." And so the, you know, this, this powerful God that's, you know, in position, you know, he thinks for a moment, he says, okay, I hear your plight. And he says, let's come up with a solution. So he take, he looks at the, the upper noble gods and he takes one of the lower gods of that higher caste. And he says, here's what we're going to do. And he takes that God and he slits his throat open. 
and he spills his blood over the earth, the muddy earth, right? Why is the earth muddy? Because it's a floodplain. Um, it, it's every season, there's great floods where the Mediterranean comes in and washes over all these fields in the delta. If you look at the delta of the Nile River, right, there's this huge delta. You can even look at it today on a modern map. Um, so there's these, these floodplains, right? And so there, he pours the blood into the muddy floodplains and he says, let's make humans. And humans will serve you. And so we have this story of that humans are to replace the lowest of the gods to serve the gods and then watch what happens um and this is a very shortened version of you know part of this narrative there's a second part of the narrative that we probably won't have time to of um babylon's gods fight with tiamat um uh marduk marduk goes and he fights tiamat the chaos dragon who is the embodiment of the ocean uh, she is the entire ocean itself, and she is here to destroy the world, right? If you think about it, you know, you have ancient civilizations, and the ocean comes up on shore. Uh, it's it's not good, you know? Like, we're talking tsunamis, we're talking, you know, great earthquakes, and then a tsunami comes, wipes out everything you've built for hundreds of years, several generations, you know? It's a scary idea to have the ocean come up onto the land. Also, their idea of the world, that uh, actually these cultures all shared a similar view of the world, is that the earth was actually on pillars uh, floating on top of the ocean. So if those pillars were ever to break the world would be consumed by the waters. And how did they get that? How did they get to that? I mean, that's another topic. How did they get to that conclusion? Yeah, how did they come up with that? It's almost as if there's some kind of collective shared memory of the oceans being everywhere, which sounds a lot like a flood. That sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, right? And so you have all these nations that are sharing a collected memory of when everything was not land. Now, and, and there's some nuance there. Again, we don't have time to get into that narrative either. But watch what's happening. Mom, why am I alive? Oh, you exist because the gods need servants. And listen to listen to the Babylon's reason for why the flood happened. Because they actually have a narrative of when, why the flood happened. The, the Anunnaki decided, hey, the humans are, they're smelly. Uh, they they ha- they populate too much. They're loud. Um, let's send a great flood and destroy them. All of them? Yep, all of them. But one of the right-hand gods, right, says, uh, I, okay, hold on. Let's let's go save a few. Mm. And so one of the one of the the, the second you know the second man um, kind of goes to, you know behind the back of the the highest god and says, "I'm going to rescue a few of them. I'm going to rescue a few of them." And then that actually becomes the 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 narrative where Babylon separates from Sumeria is that Babylon follows the god that rescued them from the flood, mm. and Sumeria followed the god that created everything. And then later, there's a story of the god that rescued them fighting the waters, right? So again, you have this narrative. So, but listen, listen to that. Why, why do the gods hate us? Why do they send a flood? Because we're smelly, we're loud, and sometimes they just don't like us. So it's very interesting that you're, you're on the cusp of another point that we'll address in this next block of why do we need to know this, right? Why did all of this happen? 
Um, so right after this break, we'll be back to kind of dive into this last bank of questions where we figure out why. Be back after this. And we're back for our last segment of questions. Um, honestly, this has been a lot of really cool content. Um, I, I really found it interesting, your story that you just told, uh, Driver, about the, the Babylonian creation narrative. I actually never knew that. It's fascinating. I, I never really knew their story. Um, and, you know, not many people do because there isn't really anyone who subscribes to the Babylonian religions You know who subscribes to the Babylonian creation narrative right now? Corporate America. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you serve us. <laughs> Shut up and serve us. <laughs> uh, you look know, at, look at the parallels between the Epic of Gilgamesh. I just and like the you know maybe Genesis. I just wanted to mention that kind yeah, of because yeah. there's parallels, I think. And like I, with these last questions, we're gonna dive into the deeper reasons for having a creation narrative, right? What is what is the subtext that's hidden within our faith's accounts on how to understand the reasoning behind creation? Right. And um, uh, this is kind of like an idea that was presented when we were at the, the restaurant uh, before this conversation. We do a, a pre-discussion a little bit to kind of get in the zone. But, um, you know, I, I, I found this clip um, from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, and yes, this touches He's a little bit cool. on. He is very cool. Love Neil. He's very cool. Um, it t- does touch a little bit on science. But Driver, I think you might have a an idea on this after we listen to this. So just take a listen to this clip and then we'll be right back. If you knew nothing about science and you read, say, the Bible, the Old Testament, which in Genesis is an account of nature, that's, that's what that is. And I said to you, give me your description of the natural world based only on this. You would say the world was created in six days and that stars are just little points of light, much lesser than the sun. In fact, they can fall out of the sky, right? Because that's what happens during Revelation. One of the signs that yeah. the second coming is that the stars will fall out of the sky and land on Earth. So to even write that means you don't know what those things are. You have no concept of what the actual universe is. What do we think? What's our thoughts on that specific clip, real quick? I didn't. I didn't really get it. Like, how, what does he mean by you don't have a concept of what those? You see what they are. You see the stars. You know. You know, like you can see it. I'm just kind of confused what he means by, like, you don't know what they are. Well, when you look at a star in the sky, can you just, like, can you just, like, go out? Like, if we went out into the field, into a field tonight, you know, and we were looked up and we were able to see the stars because, you know, light pollution. Um, oh, yeah. And, and you looked at a star and I said, Mark, tell me the diameter of that star. Uh, it'd be, like, just a centimeter or something. But it's not. Like, but it's not. Like, yeah. like. What yeah, like what? What would your answer be? Like, do you know that that's a flying ball of gas? Oh, that's I don't even millions know. of degrees. Well, I, mean, I don't even know if it's a ball. Like, can, it, can you tell me, like, just just from observation, like, which one of those is like, like a gas giant? Like, you know, like which one of those are like, like what, what type chemical, of star? Yeah, is Yeah, I was it? gonna say, is what's the chemical composition or how the, close is it? How is close it close is that or star? is it far away or when is it they all s- the same difference? When distance? they say like a, a sky or a star falling out of the sky, like that, in, doesn't that imply gravity or something? Well, uh, well I guess that like Earth, if if the stars are falling <laughs> to the Earth, that means Earth is like gravity, gravity or something. In the universe. well, and, and and I think I think that our our uh, the person we generously borrowed you know their conversation out of context from would quickly answer. So you want the sun to come barreling towards the Earth, like multiple of those? 
No. No. I, I yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like yeah. even that idea. What is he saying? What is he saying? Oh, this is this is confusing. What, I mean, yeah, Jay, Josh, like, is what? it is it like? I mean. Genesis, or the like he was referencing the Bible specifically, was written in a time where they didn't really understand what they were looking at fully. Like they didn't have an understanding of telescopes and physics and understanding how creation works the same way that we do today after hundreds and thousands of years of scientific advancement and development and technology. So like they were writing about things in a metaphor or a metaphorical way. Um, a very poetic way, I think. Is Genesis considered one of the poetic books, technically? Or allegorical. Mm. No. No? No. no. It contains, it contains pieces, pieces of poetry, okay. but that is still a hotly debated topic. The Genesis narrative as a whole is not a piece of poetry. It does not follow poetic standards for mm. Hebrew literature. Okay. But it has chiastic structures, which are often inside of poems and poetic structures but those are nerdy words um so we'll (laughs) come away from that for a moment because i do not want to try and explain what a chiasm with our very limited time so So, jay um so like part of like why we want to understand it is i think one that we have people who do research on different things that lead back to this central question of like creation like geologists study rocks and that leads to timing and how old the rocks are which leads to creation like a lot of the research that is done that we look at in today's world comes back to creation in some way shape or form but i think the creation narrative is like important because let's say on the opposite side we take out a creator um and you have a creation narrative with no creator right it just happened well it would just be a narrative Right. Okay. So yeah, you have a narrative and it just happens, right? That takes away, like for me as a Christian, what's the point of the Bible? If there's no creation narrative, that's where God starts, right? For, for us humans, that's where our recollection of God starts. So I feel like the creation story one is written after creation already happened. So it's not a alongside parallel experience it's written after creation happened and everything is said and done um and it's written to people who don't have a complete understanding of anything outside of what they experience right they're not like oh there's different planets in our solar system that is not something that is like material that's accessible to them right so this is something that this is introducing god to them the type of god that god is not just who he is right um you see in genesis you see the first fruit of the spirit introduced you see like this is it kind of builds god's character for the people that moses is writing to so are you suggesting that the the text that we referenced earlier is not trying to give a science report um to the people that you know the people who wrote this right uh are maybe not giving a science report to their own nation and their neighbors nations um but are rather trying to say something yes they're trying to tell the i'm like the I think they're trying to get across a big message in a way that they can understand. And who's they? The ancient Israelites, ancient Jews. What uh, you know, the um, the people that the 
the the Hebrew people essentially. Okay. The Hebrew people, maybe even the anybody that they're in relationship with. Yes. Maybe their neighbors, like they're Babylon the and and mm-hmm. Egypt and and others. Many because others. what if they were initially going along with the the stories, you know, from those those pla- the surrounding places, but then, you know, uh, this account comes along and it's like ah, uh, they're like pieces and elements. Like we might include, you know, that because it's easier for you to understand. But ultimately, like despite whatever. You know, despite whatever those creation stories say, you know, the ultimate, you know, it, the purpose of us telling you this is to get the, the message across that God, you know, there is a God, he created you, you know, it's just the specifics. Yeah, yeah I, I like that you brought that up, Mark, because like, I, I mean, we're, we're human beings, right? Like we're, it's a very human experience to try and seek understanding of how the world works. Right. It's just kind of ingrained in us. Like we're we're time based beings. So we like <laughs> we we can't really process yeah, a lot of time, things. Right? You know. We can't process things unless there's a beginning and an end. Right. Like it's very hard for us to think of these metaphysical concepts of like, what is a world without time? What is a what is a universe before the beginning? Like we can't process that. Our heads would explode. Sure. And like, I mean, for, you can you can look at these principles and how we look at a creation narrative, you can see it from an anthropological lens. Like so many cultures have had these ideas throughout history, these creation narratives, like Babylon, like our Christian traditions or other religions, right? And if we zoom out for a moment, like last week we talked about suffering and like the two students uh, that we had mentioned um, who were adopted and they described, like one of them described that not knowing who their birth parents were was a form of suffering for them. They didn't know their origins, where they came from and who they came from. And like that desire was ingrained in us. And like, sometimes it hurts to not know our origins. Like there's a whole industry of genealogy devoted for people to trace their origins. Like anthropology, history, cultural studies. Like, isn't that your minor mark? Like cultural studies, right? Mm -hmm. Theoretical physics, all of these industries, all of these areas of study look at origins. Um, and, right, and and some of them, they even get paid to do it because it's that important to people. Exactly. It can be a exactly. job. It can be your profession to study the answers to these questions, right? Mm-hmm. And to ponder it and to sit around with other people and ponder it and to collect data and evidence. And right. And Jay, I love what you said. It's almost unavoidable. Yeah. Like you want to be yep. a marine biologist, you want to be a marine anything, you got to look at the ocean floor. And Jay, you were saying earlier, you're like, that's one of our primary dating methods yeah. of like looking at tectonic plates and seeing how far they've moved. And they're basically like just a big old measuring stick for and how the, long they've been rocks. moving, right? Rocks. C4. C4 spreading. spreading. Yep, yeah, C4 spreading. Uh, Shout out to World Oceans. You know, uh, right? So, uh, like, it's there's there's almost an unavoidableness to it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I I I want to kind of pitch to you guys the the uh, the real like question here is is like why do we care so much to know the answer to these questions? What have you found? has like helped you understand um yeah what what do you feel like you like if you have or spent a lot of time on this or spent not a lot of time on this like 
Um, is it a desire for you to spend more time on it? Or is it like, no, I'm pretty content and I'm ready to just like move on with life and do whatever. Or like, is this like actually pretty important to like nail down and get some kind of answer? I was talking about this a little bit before we started. I've been struggling with like finding the line of like, like I believe in God and I believe that Jesus, uh, died for my sins right but i've been struggling with the why and it all starts with adam um it's it's death through adam and life through christ and that process but in order to understand that process i had to understand the creation story as something that was not a science report but something that was telling me something and conveying a bigger message and i feel like i'm at the point where like i feel like the creation story kind of is the basis of like a lot of my b- biblical understanding. Yeah, so. it's that's that's like the perfect way to describe that. Is right. Is no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. So, so Jay, are you suggesting that the message hidden inside of the text is even a more large message than what a science report would be? Yes. <laughs> like you're saying, like yeah. I don't actually want a science report. You're saying I want what I found inside of the message that's being conveyed by two creation narratives not one but two right. that conflict with each other which later I'll, I'll, I'll also they, they conflict with each other from the western perspective yes. but I'll have you know that eastern authors they're people just, who read Genesis 1 and 2 later didn't see an issue with it and referenced both of them in poetry and, and communicated in their in their poems and in their psalms and proverbs, communicated that they were in unison towards a similar idea. And you're going, okay, hold on, these aren't two conflicting narratives; they're two paintings, right? And this is the difference between a realistic painting of the night sky and Starry Night. Genesis 1 is like a very like structured, ordered painting. And Genesis 2 is like, oh, oh um, it happened. You know, like, and like, right, like, you know, uh, like there's, there's a lot, again, we're, we can't get into the depth of all of this. It's not the point of today's show is to like go word by word and verse by verse. But, you know, there's a very specific structure to these, these stories. And for, for, a Western audience, we expect information to be ordered for our sake to not have to think. An Eastern author orders and arranges their work to force you to think. Yeah. Let me say that again. The Eastern author, and you'll see this even in today, Eastern world, like philosophy, thought, writings, text, they write to force you to think. They want you to be a student of what they're writing. They want you to, to seek answers and come to them on your own. As a Western world, because of the scientific revolution and the age of enlightenment and the several changes in our culture, when you write something down, I expect it to be factual exactly. to the yes. best of you your understanding. It, value it needs to be... There should be no subtext. There no should be no wordplay. There should be zero creative effort. Mm-hmm. 
you should tell me it needs to be as dry and straightforward as possible. You just but read that it really, and that's what it means. That really defeats like the whole purpose of why the creation narrative is there. It's not designed to be a scientific like right. we're reading book from a report. different we're reading from a different mindset. Exactly. And so like kind of touching on this idea of like why do we need the creation narrative or what is the meaning? What's that subtext, right? As the friendly neighborhood Catholic, right? Like I I I wanted to bring a, a catechism quote. So the catechism is kind of like this compendium of all Christian teaching, like all thought that's like from the church um, that was compiled over a very, very long time. But when it talks about creation, so I highlighted a couple of the paragraphs here, and it just kind of shows at least one school of thought on why the creation narrative exists and like why, why it's there, right? And so uh, this is paragraph 347 for anyone who's uh, following along. But creation was fashioned with a view to the Sabbath and therefore for the worship and adoration of God. Worship is inscribed in the order of creation. As the rule of St. Benedict says, nothing should take precedence over the work of God that is solemn worship. Um, And so, like, talking about the Sabbath and worship is one idea. And then elsewhere in the catechism, it also talks about Um, Scripture and tradition never cease to teach and celebrate this fundamental truth. The world was made for the glory of God. St. Bonaventure explains that God created all things not to increase his glory, but to show it forth and to communicate it. For God has no other reason for creating than his love and goodness. Creatures came into existence. Yeah, boom. There you go. Say it again. Uh, So uh, not to increase his glory, but to show it forth and to communicate it. For God has no other reason for creating than his love and goodness. Creatures came into existence when the key of love opened his hand. Um, And just like really, really quick. um, And uh, the glory of God consists in the realization of this manifestation and communication of his goodness for which the world was created. God made us to be his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glory. For the glory of God is man fully alive. Moreover, man's life is the vision of God. If God's revelation through creation has already obtained life for all the beings that dwell on earth, how much more will the words, capital W, words manifestation of the Father, obtain life for those who see God. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. It's a little dense, but like ultimately the spirit there is that like we we have hidden meaning in this narrative, and I think we've kind of established that. Um, we'll to which hopefully you're wondering what's hidden there exactly and so right after this commercial we'll touch on that idea and then just wrap up our conversation um, we've got a lot of really interesting takeaways and I, I'm looking forward to kind of synthesizing all these thoughts so we'll be back right after this all right and we are back um, we're gonna wrap up this last segment um, We've covered so much ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we were just mentioning over the break was like we presented a lot of ideas. I, I think now it's our job to kind of synthesize some of them. Uh, I, I am curious. We did have a, a social media poll. We did have a little bit of engagement on our, our post. What was the question that we asked, Jay? It was it was like, what is the purpose of understanding where we came from, yeah. I think, with understanding creation? Did we have a couple of people rattle off some ideas? Um, yeah. Um, so we had some people in our community. Um, so one person said, I think it's just human nature to wonder. Um, it also helps helps 
us realize what the purpose of life is and like are we all accidents fighting for survival of the fittest or is there hope um and then another community member uh dakota who was on here for a conversation um she said understanding how the universe was created will ultimately influence and define how let how you let live your life um and then our advisor, one of our advisors, Josh, Josh Belize, hello, hey, Josh. Um, said understanding the origin of the universe serves as a unifying force, encouraging collaboration and dialogue among people of diverse backgrounds and perspectives, ultimately promoting our interconnectedness and understanding within our community and beyond the same way the gargoyles on top of the of Beamsdorfer executive unify generations of marauders. That was that was my drop moment. Josh Belize is our resident Millersville historian, always yes. bringing us back to that climb though the rocks be rugged stained glass window. <laughs> um, another community member said it's important to know the origins of the universe and its creation because we as the infinite need we as the infinite need to understand we we as the finite. Oh yeah, we as yeah, the we- finite. Sorry, need to understand that we came from an infinite God. The order and design of the word is too complex for it to just randomly meet each other's each other each condition i'm sorry to sustain life and then someone else from our community said it's important to understand the true origin of the universe because if you wish to understand your own purpose Hmm. yeah i think like if we're trying to wrap up these ideas we we've talked about the book of Genesis. We've talked about scientific schools of thought, and we went off into a lot of different territory with that. We don't have enough time to even reach every idea, but you can look at a lot of the what's, like what Driver was saying in the beginning, and this is kind of a t-shirt takeaway I'm going to take away uh, from this segment, is you can look at the hows, and you can look at the what's, but they're meaningless if you don't know the why. Am I like correct in synthesizing that idea like the hows and what's really don't mean anything unless you know why they occurred sure yeah i i would say that that's uh that's certainly in uh, a stance that you can get a lot out of in this topic the other thought is is that depending on your view of this topic you might come to the conclusion that there is no reason to ask a why question mm. you know that if you say you know, because because of I've studied the what and the why, I no longer find or the what and the how that there is no reason to ask why, right? Now here you are in a modern, well, what we call modern, right, era, you know, and you go, well, what do I do with all this information I have? You know, I know how the earth. Uh, underneath my feet got here but what about me what do I do what should I think does it matter what I think you know something that I'm going to take this um, right from um, uh, from Tim Mackey um, the host of what's called the Bible Project podcast Um, he's a great scholar and a student of these texts and a student of studying you know these kinds of ideas is um he's he said something which um uh even in referencing him properly i'm quickly forgetting the quote that i was going to say in a moment um which was that um really all cosmology 
which is the study of the order of the universe, is just a vehicle to ask bigger philosophical questions like, where are we? Why are we here? Who are we? What kind of place is this? And we're going to reference that idea because we have a meaning and purpose discussion planned for the end of the semester. That's really cool. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I got some t-shirt takeaways if you think it'd be a good time to share them. Yeah. What do you what do you got for us, Mark? All right. So, Jay, you actually mentioned this. Uh, I sort of tweaked it a little, um, but you mentioned this at breakfast. I, I think it was about why do we want to believe or why do we want to investigate things? Uh, we want to believe in something so that we don't believe in nothing. Like we want to have something mm-hmm. to believe so like we... You know, we don't, we're not left with like nothingness, I guess. Yeah. Can you touch on like why, why don't you want to believe in nothingness? We I'd didn't say, talk about that on the air. So just like give us a, like a, a nice little like for you personally. I might don't just summarize global, just by, personally. I might just summarize by saying the fear of the unknown, maybe. I would say, um, the f- I would say the fear of like the consequences of not believing anything, right? Because we talked about it earlier. Um, and if you have, if you have a belief in something that sets the pace of your life and how you live your life, if you have faith in that there's nothing and there's what's the point, right? What's the point of living? It's I'm not going to be missed if I'm not here kind of thing. It leads you down this downward spiral of like, okay, what is the value of, of human life or just my life personally? What it like, what impact am I making? Is it a big deal? And then that leaves you, lead you into like, a very bad mental space or a bit of just a bad place in general make you make mm-hmm. choices based off of that so like not you rather make choices based on believing in something that there's something out there or there's a purpose of it versus there's no purpose for anything mm-hmm. that anybody does so what's the point so honestly thank you for uh thank you for uh sort of going over that um we do just have three more that i might try to rattle off real quick um for t-shirt takeaways Uh, Maybe this is a question or to, you know, make you think a little. Maybe the Bible wasn't supposed to be taken at face value in its entirety? Question mark. Uh, We read the Bible or sorry, we uh, read the Bible uh, through a modern Western mindset. And uh, you can look at the hows and the what's. But they mean nothing without knowing the why. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah Josh kind of yeah. dropped okay. that as his first t-shirt takeaway. I do want to add two notes of clarity. One, I wanted to respond to Jay's um, comment. And I also wanted to um, give a thought to uh, what you just said, Mark. So I'll start with you, Mark, and then I'll wrap around to you, Jay. Um, the first thought where you said, you know, maybe we don't need to take it at face value entirely. <laughs> what I don't entirety. want you to do is pick and choose. What I want you to do is study carefully. Mm. So instead of, instead of, you know, grabbing one thing and throwing away another, carefully observe the whole In fact, uh, one thing that I think is, is that it is a unified story that all points to one person. That person Mm -hmm. is Jesus. The whole, the whole book unified, tells a unified, cohesive story that points to Jesus. There you go. If you're ever sitting there going, I don't see how any of this is related to this Jesus guy. I'm reading this and it doesn't make any sense. And it seems ugly and gross. And like, this is hard. 
I think it's get my... get some more knowledge. Get a guide. Go explore things. Um, I really recommend Tim Mackey and John. Uh, they do a great um, discussions over at the Bible Project. There's an app. They have videos. They have podcasts. Not affiliated. Not uh, don't get paid by them. Just a cool group of people. Another one is Bema Discipleship Podcast. They go from the very beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. It's a five-year podcast. Doesn't mean that it'll take you five years of your life to get through it, but they spent five years of their life going in full chronological order. And Bema spelled what? B-E-M-A? B-E-M-A. Um, love, love them. They give a really clear understanding of like how to ask questions. I want to say it's totally okay and good to ask questions, mm. but the reason for your questioning is to seek understanding, not to to take joy in cynicism. Um, you know, is that if you're finding yourself cynical, well, ask good questions, ask better questions, find the answers that you're upset you don't have. Um, but uh, definitely, the best way to do that is with other people who really want the answers, um, not with people who are really excited to find out that there aren't any answers you're probably not going to find a lot of answers if you're with a bunch of people who don't want answers. Yeah. I think one one final thought that I'll leave, like, just as this isn't a T-shirt takeaway, but it's kind of like a last thoughts on the topic. Um, I never really got to circle to this earlier, but um, I have a little pocket dictionary that's got like um it's a faith-based dictionary but um, i'm sorry it's got (laughs) just read just read (laughs) i would but uh you know looking at the term creation right um it's defined as the production of material and spiritual things in their whole substance done by god and of nothing God creates out of nothing both because he starts with no pre-existing matter and because he parts with nothing of his own being in the act of creation. Hmm. So just an interesting thing to kind of like think about is, you know, when we have this conversation about creation or the start of everything, start at the beginning, Mm -hmm. start with defining your terms, right? When you're, when you're trying to meditate on these ideas of finding the origins Define the terms and start from there, right? And then you can look into, here's the story as a whole, yeah. and then you can also look into, once you have all those building blocks in place, yeah. then you can kind of look into the, yeah. the why. And if you remember, uh, there are people and theories that we have today that in 20, 30 years, people will look back at those theories and go, those are garbage theories and those people knew nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if you try to approach this ancient ancient text uh, with that kind of mentality, well, you, you know, we're going to be there soon. So, you know, like the modern, you know, that's why you got to define your terms, right? And then again, I encourage you to define uh, ancient. Define it. What does it mean to read an ancient text? Also, what is the author's definition of the word you're using? Because the author is not thinking about matter or space or space-time continuum Mm -hmm. or dark matter or the edges of the universe. Like, they're not using the terms you're using. What terms are they using? Why are they using those terms? They may not have a concept for They may not have a concept of those things. Uh, if you want to do a word study, I encourage you to look up the word tohu vavohu. Uh, it's a fun Bless little you. rhyming pattern uh, yeah. that that means, uh, you know, uh, there's lots of different ways to translate it. But essentially, it's a rhyming. There was nothingness 
and you know the earth was formless and void is one way it's typically translated wild and waste is another one uh chaotic and empty how can something both be full of chaos and empty Empty, at the same time right so even the authors that are here they don't they're not using a clear definition they're actually using a definition that is intentionally conflicting describing two things that can exist at the same time and so really (laughs) so when you when you see that you should ask a question what do you mean what do you mean by what do you mean by that and really ask good questions again get some guides you don't have to agree with your guides but walk with them dialogue with them um have conversation have conversation yeah, and similar to this conversation today. I mean, we we covered so much ground. I keep saying we it, but like, and so little, and so little at the same time. Right? This is an endless topic, yeah. and yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of think back to the history. Like when roads first started, the first discussion topic we ever picked before we knew what we were doing when we were leading discussions and things like that our first year was creation we picked this topic as the first ever Rhodes discussion i remember that yeah that was i remember that you chose it but i was not present yeah that was fall of 2021 we hadn't even developed our like the way that we do discussions now of like breaking into small groups and having t-shirt takeaways we had none of that back then we had one gigantic group of i think like 20 22 people showed up that first day and it was just, it was kind of like a soup. Kind of like right after the Big Bang, everything was just soup all there at once, and all these ideas were there. And It was tohu vo It was tohu vo It was chaos. It was chaos. Waste. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I definitely butchered that pronunciation. I you apologize, did. but I... Oh, don't I worry. No one's offended. There are no ancient Hebrew speakers alive to be offended. That is true. No, that you is should true. be sorry. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. No, You're but good. honestly, I, I am very grateful for... for for having Mark J and and Driver, yeah, thank uh, our you. guest today. Thank you for joining us on the couch and at the restaurant before this. For thank you for having me, giving us your Saturday and just lending some insight. I really loved a, a lot of the ideas that were presented today. But I guess the big one that I'm taking away is why. Like, let's find why, right? And everyone is going to go on their own study on this, right? I might take away how, sure, <laughs> but it's different for me. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? We've got a couple minutes left in our time. No, I think that's a great way to end off the show, you know, having a, we have our, you know, takeaways um, and different understandings, a lot of perspectives that I've gained, you know, it's really interesting. I also encourage you, if you're feeling intimidated or afraid of just the, the grand scale of, of this type of conversation, if you find yourself, you know, uh, needing assistance, you know, find a friend, you know, talk to someone you trust or just, you know, uh, come to the discussions um, and just, um, yeah, don't don't be alone as you work through these things. Uh, it can be a difficult thing to, to parse through. So. So updates for upcoming things. This oh, my week, gosh. Real quick. Have, yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. So this week on Wednesday at the Hub for Roads, our conversation is faith and its place in the LGBT. BTQ plus community um, and that's a really good conversation to have I'm really excited for it um, and then following that we it's have our meeting discussion and yep. discussion with meaning so, and purpose we have two discussions back to back for the next two weeks but and then we hit spring break then we hit spring the break, break that everyone needs yes. <laughs> 
All right. Well, again, thank you all for joining us. This has been Roads on the Air. Stick around if you're listening live for uh, for Owen's show, House Party. Um, and we'll be back next Saturday with our topic on miracles and unexplained events. And we're going to have a really cool guest for that one. So uh, stay tuned next week for Roads on the Air. And we're out. Take it easy, y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Roads on the Air, a discussion podcast live on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville, radical, renowned, real college radio. It's been an honor having you along this journey, and we hope you'll tune in next week. You can also stream all these episodes by searching Roads on the Air on Spotify, Apple Music, or any streaming service if you missed it live. These conversations are designed to bring people closer together, create unity where there once was division, and we're grateful to all our listeners for being a part of that. Are you a student and want to get connected with Roads on campus? Our meeting times during the semesters are Wednesdays at the Hub at 7 p.m. We serve free food every week and alternate between roundtable discussions on topics just like these and fellowship nights where we can go bowling, have a board game night, make crafts, watch movies, and more. In addition to our weekly meetings, you can also connect with us online in a variety of ways, and our Linktree gives you access to it all. Just go to linktree.com slash roadsmu, and you will be able to find our Instagram at muroads. Join our Get Involved page, become a member of our Discord server, Roads at MU, or even find out more information about the other faith and spirituality organizations at Millersville. Want another way to support this endeavor? During each week, go to our Instagram and feel free to like and comment on the post of that week's episode. Share your thoughts, what stood out to you. Maybe ask a question or two and we might just read yours on air. Your community engagement means a lot to us and we can't do this without you. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schell. And I'm Jay Handy. Tune in next week for the next exciting episode of Roads on the Air. air.